Welcome to episode 354 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. If you are listening right now and you'd rather be viewing, this is one of the rare video interviews and you can watch us on YouTube. Just type in We Don't Die Radio 354. A couple of brief announcements before we start the show. I have been honored in the biggest way by being asked by iHeartRadio to host their new show about life after death. It's called Shades of the Afterlife, and it's in partnership with Coast to Coast AM. And I'm humbled to say that the great George Norrie has been talking about me and the show the past few weeks to his over million listeners on over 600 worldwide radio stations. It's different from this show, as on this show, we'll talk to one guest at a time, typically for about an hour. On Shades of the Afterlife, there may or may not be a guest. It's me bringing the latest and greatest afterlife information on each episode. I'm excited to have new listeners and share the good word that our bodies certainly will disappear, but we do not. I'd love it, absolutely love it if you'd listen and let me know what you think. You can go to iHeartRadio.com, type in Shades of the Afterlife in the search box, And after listening, there's a chat box below, and you can let me know what you think of the show or if there's a topic or a guest you think I need to interview or something we need to talk about. Also, we've got our new calendar up for the upcoming months with new new online courses, special events, and medium demonstrations, as well as our free Sunday gathering, which is our very unique Sunday service with music and reading and an address and prayer and healing. But at the end of each one, we have a mediumship demonstration. You can buy, you can go to wedontdieradio.com and click on the calendar link and find out more about everything. So now let's meet our fantastic guest. You may have seen him on our Sunday gathering and been enamored by his personality and his love for people, both living and in the spirit world. His name is Dominic Bogue. As one of UK's youngest and most successful mediums, Dominic is building an impressive reputation in the world with how strongly connected he is to the spirit world leaving recipients knowing that your loved ones are still with you. Dominic is distinctive among mediums. He is registered blind, and he brings a fresh and vibrant form of mediumship to the spiritual movement. He's also a teacher and has a great passion for helping others on their journey to develop their own mediumship. You can find more out about this lovely man at dominicbogue.com. Dominic, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Sandra, it's absolutely a pleasure. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your beautiful show and for reaching out. I'm looking forward to what we maybe have in store uh, in this show. Oh, me too. Me too. And we only just met. I heard such great things about you. And then I looked you up in the internet. And next thing you know, Darren asked if you'd be on our Sunday gathering. And inside, I'm like, I love this guy. You know, he's got to be my listeners and viewers have to meet him. So Dominic, where do you live? Where do you where are you coming to us from today? 
at the moment, I live in the same home and same hometown as where I was brought up, believe it or not. So I am on the west coast of Scotland in a very small town on the River Clyde called Port Glasgow. So it's just five minutes right from the beautiful Clyde. So I'm here in Scotland, or as some of us would say, Bonnie, Scotland. And I've Ooh. lived here all my life and home is where the heart is. So, yep, I'm still here. Oh, and my heart is with my mom. And so I'm currently at her house in Rhode Island on the East Coast of the United States, about two hours south of Boston, or maybe a little less than that. So how does your story get started? It's, you know, I, I read in your bio there about one of the youngest mediums. I mean, tell us a little bit about you and how you got into this. And I'm guessing you got into it at a younger age. Yeah, well, um, as you as I'm sure you understand, you know, you don't just wake up one day and decide, hey, I want to start talking to dead people. You know, that, that just doesn't happen. And for me, that's not normality. Um, I grew up in a very um, close family where we were all very much a part of each other's life. We were all very close. And you know, death wasn't something that was ever discussed. Death was never something that we would accept that was going to happen until later on as we get older. But sadly, my own father passed away when I was 14 years of age, and it was very, um, very traumatic for me. It was very sudden, and I didn't get the luxury of saying goodbye to, to my father. So that, in a sense, started the process for Dominic becoming the medium. Now, I was never aware of any spirits. I was never aware of anything to do with mediumship, psychic abilities, life after death. I was just a normal, well, I think I was normal, a normal young boy going to school, having dreams. But then my dad passed. And shortly after my father's passing, I became aware of something shifting around me. And one night I was online talking to my friends via a very old messaging service called Yahoo Messenger. And I was just talking to my friends and I became aware of the room becoming very cold, almost like the static in the room. You know, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, the hairs on my arms. I always get a very weird shiver when I connect and make a link with a spirit. I get a very weird shiver like this. So that happened. And I just turned ever so slightly and I became aware of my father in the room. And he was as clear as you and I. And the only thing that was different about him was there was like a glow just of the, the outside of, of his appearance. And that's what made me think, oh my God, what, what's going on here? And I didn't feel scared. I didn't feel alarmed. I felt very comforted and I felt very at one. And my dad began to say certain things to me. He began to reassure me that he hasn't crossed over. He's not gone anywhere, but I just need to learn to live with him in a different way now. And as quick as he appeared, he just disintegrated like that. And I was a little bit alarmed. I was like, you know, what's just happened? I was thinking that dad's death was all a dream and this was him. He had came home, but then he disappeared again. So I kept that to myself for a, a good couple of months because the last thing I wanted to do while my mum was still going through a horrible grieving process, 
I didn't want to tell her, you know, mum, I see dad, mum, I hear dad, because that would just hurt her anymore. And I just didn't want her or my family thinking that I was crazy. So things just started to really fall into place. I became aware of other voices. I would see strange things, but that being the mediumship part of it, that was that. But my intuitive side really started to take off. So I would be out in town with my my girlfriend, Siobhan, and I would see things like, I've not seen your father in a long time. We would turn the corner and who is walking towards us is her dad. Or I would be saying, oh, such and such isn't coming out this weekend. It's just going to be the four of us. Phone call. Yeah, I won't be coming out this weekend. What is going on? So I started to realize there was things going on. Spirit became a little bit more oppressive around me. I just started to see people, but no one here, like my mum, my grandmother, my sister, no one was interacting or talking to the other people that I could see. So I just thought, okay, there's something strange going on, something weird. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, Am I just desperate to have a hold of dad? Am I just missing my father so much that I am creating all these other things? So a few months later, my mother and my sister went to our local spiritualist church and the medium that evening had gave my mum a contact from my father. And my father had told the medium to tell my mum that Dominic can hear the spirits, Dominic can do what we are doing, and he's also been talking to his father. So my mum must have raised a few eyebrows and came home and confronted me and says, I have something to ask you. And I thought, oh my goodness, has she found my can of beer? Has she, you know, what's, as a school call to tell them I've been bad at school? I was like, what's going on? What's she going to say? And she said, we were at the Spooks. That's what we call it here in the UK, the Spooks. And the lady told me from your dad that you have been talking to the spirits, you can see them and that you have the the gift. What's going on? Is this true? And that's when I seen an opportunity to divulge and tell my mum the experience I had months before this moment. But I was very sceptical, Sandra, believe it or not. I am still to this day a very sceptical person. So the following week, I go away to that same church and I sit away up the back of the hall thinking, well, if there's something real here, I need to see it. I need to understand it. And again, at the end of the evening, the medium says, and the young boy sitting at the back of the hall, me, I turn and I'm like, well, there's no one Oh, me? I thought, oh, she can't be talking to me. I'm sliding down the chair. I'm trying to hide. She says, your father's here. And I could feel this burning sensation all around me. I could feel my heart racing. I wanted to cry and she never even said anything to me. So for me, I became to understand that is the presence and the essence of the spirit. So I says, "Uh uh-huh. And she says, your father's telling me that I have to teach you because you have the gift and that you will be able to do this, she says, and you will travel the world. So I was looking at her like, oh, yeah, you are back crazy. You are really crazy. But secretly, I was like, she understands. She knows what I've been going through. She says, there is a development circle here every Tuesday if you want to come. 
does that mean? So again, me, I go. I go to the circle and I want to experience what's going on, don't I? I go to the circle and I kid you not, there must have been about maybe 15, 20 people over the age of 50. And here's little Dominic coming in at 14 years of age. I'm like, these could all be my mom. These could all be my grandmother. But I fitted in so well. And from then, I started to go to a development circle three nights a week um, to try to understand and to harness what was really going on with me. And I was pleasantly surprised. I was given many opportunities to um, develop, to practice, to exercise, and to understand truly what spirit and the medium can do. And it kind of took off from there. I then started to serve local spiritualist churches across Scotland and across my area um, when I was 16. So then I started to work professionally because I started to then get requests for private readings um, and services uh, uh, across the board. So that was how things really unfolded for me. You know, it was a little bit of a, a strange episode, but Unfortunately, it was through the death of, of, of dad that opened me up as the medium that I am today. Wow, incredible. What was it like when you started working with people? And, and not only were you just bringing in dad, but they were giving you that confirmation that that's my loved one. Well, that's when I really understood that I wasn't, you know, making it up. I wasn't, you know, trying to um, create this communication. So when I started with the development circle, um, I would get the most bizarrest of things like, well, do you understand the name of Jack? Yeah, that's my father. Oh, okay. Um, do you understand who had the racing dogs? Yeah, my father. So I'm like, it's all piecing together here. The information that I'm seeing or feeling or receiving is relating to her father. So when, as a medium, when you receive, and I always say to students, there is a fine line between imagination and communication. So for me, I was still like, am I imagining this? Is this actually true? Because I'm seeing things that no one else is seeing in the room. I'm hearing voices that no one else is acknowledging. So is it just me? But when you start to give evidence to a recipient, to a stranger, and they're able to give you solid evidence of feedback that they actually can relate to the information you were given, that was like a light bulb moment for me. That's when I knew, okay, I'm not insane. I'm not crazy. This, there is something here. And one of my first ever um, demonstrations on platform when I was um, younger, when I was going back, um, I remember saying to this lady, I'm very much aware of a, of a gentleman standing behind you and he tells me he's your brother. And she starts to cry. And that's when I realised how powerful this could be as well because she was moved with emotion. And I gave her the information. And I says, he just wants you to tell, he just wants to tell you that he is now at home. He is now at home. And she just weeped. And she says in front of the congregation, we got our brother's um, casket, his, 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 his coffin, brought home to the family home today so that we could mourn before he was then taken to the chapel to then be laid to rest. So I'm thinking, but well, what does it mean he's home? But there he is telling his sister that he knows his body has been taken to the family home. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's when I started to go, oh, this is, this is interesting. And I will be very honest, I was intrigued, but 
I had still no doubt about what was going on, but I was still looking for, well, how is this possible? How is this possible? And also, why me? So as time went on, just giving the, the, the readings and giving the communication to people and having their feedback tell me that, yes, the information that I am receiving and then delivering to them was, in fact, concrete evidence to them. So that's, for me, it was a, a I guess you could say like a rebirth because going from when it first began, I was all over the place. I had no idea what was going on. And then having the development to understand it was like I found a new me. Dominic became someone else. Dominic became just different. And it just really helped me understand, okay, I've got something here and there's something that I'm meant to do with it. So talking to the people was the best thing. And I always say to students as well, you need to communicate with strangers so that you know that what you are receiving, that's where you build your confidence. You know, that's when I realise it's not me, it's them. Let's just stand up, extend my hand to them and see what we can do. Have you answered the question, how is it possible and why you? No, not really, to be honest with you, because I try to take Dominic out of the equation and just focus point blank. It's them, you know, and I just I always say to even when I'm doing live shows or theatre shows across the UK and America or whatever, I always say I'm just as normal as you. But I talk to dead people and I say and I can talk to dead people because the reality is they are not dead. So I, I just I just appreciate what, what I have and what I'm able to do with people. But I think to truly understand what it is to receive a communication from a, a loved one who has crossed over, you really have to experience death yourself. And for me, that's that's my opinion of it's helped me understand the, the reality and the grieving process of death. In a, in a bigger perspective. So why it's me, Sandra? I've yet to have a medium or a spirit or a psychic or a gypsy tell me why. But you know what? I'm not interested in that. I will just continue to do what I can, just knowing that I'm able to help people out there in the greatest way that I possibly can. And most importantly, give the spirit world a voice once again. So am I special? Am I the chosen one? No, I'm just Dominic from the West Coast of Scotland, that's just me. Oh, it's so great. And we, we've been doing medium classes online since COVID-19 hit, which has been a real gift. But even for myself, um, digging into my own spiritual nature, you know, I really do believe that we're all souls having a human experience. And we live in such a busy world that we don't take the time to slow down. We don't take the time to see what our soul is possible of doing. And so we are all special, aren't we? Absolutely. I mean, what's different between you and I? And, you know, I, I heard Spirit say just the other day, we are all under the same sky. We all breathe the same air and we all see the same world around us. So we are all same. We are all the same in a special way, but also we have a uniqueness as well. So what I say is we're all human beings. That's what gets us first, isn't it? So, yeah, we're, we're all special. We all have our own gifts for our own abilities do with it is completely up to us. So from what you've learned, what is the spirit world all about? Are we still people? I mean, I have my own thoughts, but could be somebody's very first show with us. But what's what's your take on after our body dies, what happens next? And what is this world and where is this world? Well, for me, exactly like you said, we are souls having a, a, 
physical experience. So I believe that when the physical body that carries our soul, when that physical body has had enough, when we are finished, so whether we become a fruitful age and pass through natural causes, whether we take our own life, whether our life is taken from us, whatever causes our, our physical body to, to end, I believe the soul then evolves into the spirit. So we then become the spirit and we make a transition to another place. Now, people say, well, where is this other place? And the secret is, for me, this other place is here in the now. Just because they are not able to be seen physically and just because we cannot hear them, feel them and touch them, doesn't mean they're not there. And what I believe truly survives is the consciousness of that individual. And that's where the personality is contained. That's where the character, the memories, that's where their database of the life that they lived is all contained, is within their consciousness. So that exists. For me, as a medium, I look at the spirit world as they spin one way. So they spin clockwise, if you want to say, and we spin anti-clockwise and we just bypass each other. So they're really just here. And what I see many uh, times through readings and um, demonstrations is a reunion. I see a reunion of uh, our loved ones who have crossed before. They come together. So it's almost like they go through one door because their spirit is now ready to go into that, that next chapter of their life. So they go through one door, but we, alive and the physical, we're not ready to go through that door yet. So we cannot see into that door. We do not know what's within that other room or that door. And until your physical body is finished and your soul evolves into the spirit, you'll not get through that door. Mediums, we cannot get through that door. But we can allow the spirit to come from that door and we can meet them there. And that's where we can have then that communication to allow the evidence of their survival. What is it truly like? If I'm truly honest, Sandra, I've never been there. So what I would tell you, that would either be my imagination or it would just be something that I would create. Now, I really don't focus on, well, tell me what's like, do you have cars? Do you have chocolate bars? I, I don't, I, because I, I'm too clever to understand, well, they don't have a physical body, so they're not going to have cars or they're not going to have chocolate bars. They just live in a different existence. We are a materialistic place. We are a physical form. Televisions, um, cars, tables, coffee mugs, cell phones. That to me is our physical creation that we have here. The spirit world no longer need those things because they become whole and complete. So that's the best way that I could answer it in a very straightforward and simple way, rather than people who may be educated a little bit more than maybe you and I in this type of thing, whether it's physical or whatever. I try to keep it simple and I just try to keep it understandable. Speaking of being whole and complete, do people come through healthy and well if they've lived a sick life or they've had deformities or passed when they were really old? Do they show themselves at a younger age? Absolutely. So I've been asked that question many times and it's normally from, you know, people who are not mediumistic or people who are consulting a medium for the first time. And they ask, well, how is it possible when the medium connects to that spirit that they can become aware of the father that was in the, the wheelchair for several years or the, 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 the person who sadly was um, intoxicated with drugs or, you know, whatever it may be? 
Well, it's not that the spirit world are still carrying that and still suffering with that, because remember, that's a physical thing. So that only becomes reality when the spirit comes back to the physical to communicate. And that's not that they are carrying that or still suffering with that. It's their consciousness. It's their memory of the person that they once were that brings back to identify. That's what that's how they identify themselves to the medium. And it's also what the person receiving that information will be able to validate. So for me, when we cross over, when that soul becomes the spirit, that is all gone. That we shed that part of our life, Sandra. We, we, for me, when I cross over, I, I will be able to, to see as clear as I once did and I will not have any restrictions. And for anyone who maybe suffered with cancer or brain um, issues, whatever it may be, that's just here in the physical. We do not carry that into the spiritual. And just because it's physical doesn't mean that even mentally that we carry that. Absolutely not. We go to a place of being whole, being complete, and also a place of healing where we are surrounded with unconditional love. Mm. So you living right now, your vision isn't the best. However, when people come through to you, can you see them sharp and clear? Can you hear them? Do you get feelings? How do you know it's a loved one? I presume we're talking spirit. Yes. Um, so when when I first began, Sandra, a lot of my um, communication, I guess you would say, was clairvoyant. So I would see the spirit world very clear. Was, you know, they would stand behind their loved ones, wherever that may be. And, you know, that was perfectly fine. I would then connect with the spirit. I would then use my clairsentient. I'd use my claircognizance just to, you know, build that communication and piece the jigsaw together. But when I started to lose my vision, my vision in whole started to deteriorate very quickly. So my clairvoyance for seeing the spirit clairvoyantly, that changed. And I feel that changed because it also changed physically for me. So rather than teasing Dominic with vision of the, the afterlife and not in the physical moment, that would be conflicting. So they become or they became more clairaudient to me. So the voice became so much clearer from the spirit. So when I become aware of beginning a communication and becoming aware of the spirit world, I will feel them. I will sense them. I will feel into the presence of that spirit. I will identify if it's a man or a woman and I will build within my mind with that spirit, that information. And when I connect with that spirit and build that link I've got them they've got me we've got that connection the voice will begin to appear now there is time through the communication that mentally through clairvoyance I will then see their mental image or I will see the way that they want me to describe them but it's it's truly ignorant if I sit here and say that I as a medium own the work in this specific way because I have many faculties with uh, mediumship as I do as a physical person. I am able to feel, I am able to see, I am able to hear, touch, smell. So I try to use every faculty within my mediumship to also be able to communicate with spirit. And they, spirit, communicate differently as well. So if I am doing a demonstration for maybe you know 90 minutes, maybe 10 different communicators, they will all communicate with Dominic in a very different way. So I just, hey, what can I do for you? How can I feel you? How can I hear you? What can I see for you? 
I just extend my hand to the spirit world, knowing that they will extend it back. So it's all different. It's, it's completely different. And as real people, you have to be polite and caring, and they have to know you have integrity and are trustworthy. Because I've I've seen mediums that are not that who bring people through as facts and you don't feel the love. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of feeling the presence as opposed to just getting a message? Well, for me, um, I'm a true advocate, Sandra, and this is a horrible topic to to lead into, but hopefully you'll, you'll see where I'm coming from. Mediumship sadly can, to a point, become very um, fake. It can be frauded. And it's easy enough for people um, to do a Google search or to achieve information in some way, wherever. But for me, I believe nothing when it comes to the presence of the spirit can truly be created by man. It cannot be possible. We cannot create the presence or the essence of the spirit. Only they can do that. So for me, I talk to the spirit world, I talk to each person who I'm communicating with as still a living human being, still the father, the mother, the son, the best friend. I don't look at them as a spirit or an energy or a vibration. They are still that person who they were to their loved one here. And it's the medium's job to be able to bring a form of evidence that will be able to Prove the communicator to their, their loved one. And we need to do that. We need to have evidence. We cannot just say to someone, I've got your mum here and she's telling me that you should not sell her house and you should do this and do that. That's not evidential. We need to have evidence to a point to prove the communicator. But too much of, of mediums um, and students are all about, let's get fact after fact after fact. Now, all, and trust me, I was that person as well through development. I had to be as accurate as I could possibly be. And that was only because of my ego. That was Dominic's ego that wanted to always be 100% correct. But it took me a while to realize, well, Dominic, when you're doing that, you're missing a bigger picture. You're not allowing that spirit to have a conversation with their loved one. So I started to look at my mediumship a lot different and look at it from different perspectives. That's what will make a really good medium. Doesn't mean I'm a good medium, but you have to look at your mediumship. You have to tear it apart. So I now look at them as the human being that they were when they walked the self. Because if I just say, your father tells me he worked in a shoe factory, your father tells me he passed with cancer, your father tells me his name was Jack. That only proves that he once existed because we're talking in the pretense. But we as mediums preach that there's life after death. But if I'm only given information of he did work in a shoe factory, his name was Jack, I'm not really doing anything for the client. Whereas I then say to the spirit, okay, we have now proven that you are here and your daughter is listening Tell her what you have witnessed since you've crossed over. Your father tells me that he knows you went back to school to become a nurse. Would that be correct? Yes, I did. Your father tells me that you went back to the cabin that he built and where the tree swing is that goes over to the lake. Yes, I did. I was there last week. Now, if your father can tell me this information, this is his way of proving to you that he is still part of your life here 
in the present moment. That's his proof of his life after what we call death. So that shows he's still there. I say to the spirit, she still grieves for you. She still misses you. She is still stuck on the passing that sadly you went through. Take me down memory lane of the life that you and her shared together. Your father wants to remind you about the time you and him built the, the little boat together. Does that make sense? Yes, I did. Your father wants me to remind you that he taught your son how to ride the, the, the bicycle. He bought your son his first bicycle. Yes, he did. And it was red and he put these streamers on it. So we can then start taking away from that grieving and that horrible memory of the death that they had and replace it with beautiful memories of the life that they shared together. And we as mediums, we always are taught to go, what's the message? What's the message? The message is irrelevant. Because within a conversation with the spirit, within a private reading, there should be millions of little messages, not just at the end and wrapping it up and saying, I will leave you with the blessing of love from your, your, your father. There's got to be so much more to why the spirit world show up and come back to our physical world to communicate. It's not just about to say, I will leave you with your love and please know that your father's sending you healing. There's so much more. And that's why I say, it's about having a conversation with the spirit. That's oh, beautiful. Do you have any favorite stories of a, a contact coming through and that it really changed the life or gave life back to someone? Um, as a medium, there's so many, and I'm sure yourself, even with your own work, there's so many that you you, you could think of. Um, but when, when I was first developing, I, I always refer back to this, when I was first uh, developing, I, again, clairvoyant images, but I was given um, this lady a, a communication in the, the church congregation. And I said to her, your, 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 your father's telling me that you have a mouse in your, in your house. You have a mouse in the kitchen. And she said, no, no, no. And I says, well, um, he's telling me there's a mouse in the kitchen and I can see this little mouse staring out of what looks to me like a box or a container. It feels like it's trapped, but I could see this all clairvoyantly. And when when the, the clients say no to me, I will go back and ask for something else. So I says to the dad, she doesn't understand. Give me something that I, as Dominic, know that we're right and we're true. So I gave her, you know, two names and she says, well, that's my sister and that's my son's name. So I then knew, well, if the father's still able to give me information that's accurate, the information's right. So I left it, I, I, I just left it and I thought, that was strange. She came back the following week and she had, remember the old Polaroid cameras now that would develop at the right time? She came rushing up the stairs and she had this in her bag and she says, I've got something to show you. I've got something to show you. And I says, oh, all right. And she pulled out this, this photograph. She says, I went home last week after you told me. She says, and my husband was in the kitchen pulling out things. She says, and inside our plastic bin in the trash in the bin was a little mouse. She says, I took a picture. She says, I couldn't believe it. How did you know? And I, I stopped and I says, you're missing something here, darling. I says, it's not that I know. It was like your father was around you and your family. And this was his little way of proving to you that he was there. So that's that's one that, that I will always remember, always remember. But as you say, a, a difference between life or, or death, 
I'm a, a, I've got my life. And then when I go to professional and working life, that's when I will interact with the spirit. And they're very, you know, they're very good. They do not take over because I've had an agreement with them. Unless it's life or death and we can make a difference, let's just have our own worlds. And then when we're working, come together. And I was in Glasgow um, and I was going to, to, to sign a new office and I went to a little cafe um, to, to have some lunch before I, uh, I went for my appointment to do the paperwork. And my, I became aware of my father. And I was like, okay, that to me was normal, dad just being around. But then I could hear a man's voice saying to me, I need you to talk to my wife. I need you to help me. So I says, no, no, go away. But my father came in and says, son, you need to help this man get his communication to his wife. So I says, okay, if I'm going to communicate with a, uh, a stranger, I need evidence. I need concrete proof. I says, I need either your name, your passing, et cetera, et cetera, before I make any communication. And I looked around the, the, the cafe and it was relatively small. And there was me, two other males sat in a corner and an older lady who would be maybe within her 90s. So I knew she was not his wife. I knew that the two men were not his wife. And I says, well, there's no female here. There's no one there. And he says, the lady with the umbrella. And just at that moment, the front of the door of the cafe swung open and this lady came rushing in, fighting with the umbrella because it had blown inside out because of the wind. So she fixed her umbrella and she came in and beside her was a younger male and a younger female. And they all had bags, they were out shopping and they sat down and where in the cafe did they sit? Directly beside me. So I says to the spirit, give me information, what is your message? And if I can deliver it and if she will listen, then I will deliver it. So I finished my, my uh, cappuccino and I got up and I approached the, the, the lady, the wife, and I says, I hope you don't mind me being intrusive, but I have something I would like to, to say to you. And she looked up at me with these beautiful brown eyes and she just gave me a, you know, and I says, I'm aware of your husband in the spirit world. I says, I am a medium, I says, and he's came forward to give you a message. And she took me aside away from the, the, the two that she was with. And I gave her the information and she says, that's my husband's name. That's the street where we live. And this is the situation. I says, your husband wants to tell you that no matter what, you cannot be with him just now. You need to be here for your kids and you have to stop being silly. And he wants you to know that every night when you go to bed, he knows that you still have his photograph under the pillow. So she was crying and she says to me, that is my son and that is my daughter. She says, I went and withdrew all my money from the bank. I have spent every penny I have treating my son and my daughter. She says, because tonight I planned to go home and take my life so that I could be with my husband. I miss him that much. She says, but you have saved me. You have gave me that evidence that I know he's still around and I need to not be selfish. I need to be here for my kids. And every year there's a specific spiritualist church here in Scotland that I visit and do a, a special demonstration. And she always is there and she always comes up and she just reminds me and she says, I'm still here another year. I'm here telling your story. That's amazing. You never know the difference you make. No. And some people are honest and tell you that, but I never knew grief until my grandfather and dad died. 
And I've always been a person strong of character. You know, I've had down days, but not that deep darkness that I felt when I was grieving. So I didn't have any plans of ending my own life. But I, for the very first time, I had compassion for people who felt that low, that grief really can do that to us. There are people, Dominic, that do feel low and do end their own lives. What do you know about suicide in the afterlife? There is no difference. There is absolutely no difference. They still walk this earth the way that someone who crossed over with cancer or someone who crossed over um, in an accident or just a natural cause, because who are we to judge? We do not walk in their footprints. We do not live the life. Maybe they are uh, mentally challenged. Maybe they made a, a, a moment of, of madness because they were low or because they didn't feel happy here. But who truly are we, Sandra, to judge? We, we should not judge. And I have time after time after time communicated with someone who's taken their own life or someone whose life has been taken from them and it is just as clear of a conversation as it is anything else. And all I will say without being ignorant or disrespectful to anyone, unfortunately, it's just another way that the soul evolves into the spirit. You know, So they are still your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife, whoever it may be, who chooses to take themselves into the next chapter of their life. When they come back to communicate, they're still the same person. But what I've seen so many times, and it's the most beautiful thing, is no matter how anyone crosses over, we will always be greeted from the spirit world, that reunion that I spoke about, by loved ones in the spirit world who love us unconditionally. So when we go, we will fall into their arms and we will feel that love that maybe we were missing or we will see clearly of the vision that we were missing or that we could not see. So no matter what, anyone if they take their own life or even through life choices, the alcoholic or the, the, the heroin addict, to a point, it's an illness, but it's also a choice. But they themselves will go to the spirit world and still receive that healing. You know, there's people who talk, the, for me, it's nonsense of um, purgatory and they're, they're in a, a lower vibration or they're gone here, they're gone there. I'm sorry, but what makes them any different to anyone else? Because they're just a soul trying their best to have a physical experience. Mm. I'm thinking now a lot of people, and I think this might come from media and some of the paranormal shows, they think their loved one could be stuck or there's evil spirits surrounding them, or you need to pray for them to go to the light. Do you think any of that's true or do we close our eyes this time and open them in the afterlife? For, for me, you know, as you say, Hollywood and the media, um, television, they, they, they've created a monster, unfortunately. Um, for me, I've, I've been a medium now going on 15 years, um, heavily involved in, in this type of work. And I've never to this point came across a haunted building or a haunted location. I've never seen um, a, a chandelier spin or heard a demonic voice. That may be because of the type of work I do. That may be because of the light that I work within. I guess you, we must need to, to look and say there could be another, another part or another point of the spectrum. 
you know, we can't be ignorant. But for me, it all comes down to what we as a humans create. So just because there is a cold draft in a, in a hallway doesn't mean it's haunted. Let's look at the window. Is there a crack in the window? Is there a, a, a vent in the roof? Let's be logic rather than just be presume because it's a dark corridor and then a cold chill becomes a haunting and then a demon becomes and it's the man who murdered all the 10 nuns is now haunting the corridor because then it just becomes a story. Until there's hard evidential fact around that, I'm just led to believe that when we cross over, we then, you know, nothing should stop us. No one no one, and nothing um, can stop the soul evolving into that spirit and crossing over. What we do on the other side is completely different. For me, if I was to pass over to the spirit world right now, I'm staying here because I'm emotionally still connected to my partner, to my mom, my sister, my brother, my family. I'm still emotionally connected to them. I still want to be a part of their family. I still want to be a part of them. But also, I'm going to venture into the spirit side of life because I want to see my dad. I want to have that cuddle from him and catch up in old times as well. So if there is some form of spirit activity going on here in the physical I'm more inclined to say, well, could it not just be that your father is missing you or your son is his birthday and he's just wanting your attention? Or I feel it's just our loved ones giving us little signs that they're here as well. So I don't necessarily believe that there is demons or negative entities or spirits. It's just because I've not witnessed that yet. Doesn't mean it's not there, but for me and my belief and my knowing, I don't tend to to look at it from from that um, point of view. It's interesting because I too have been at this game of research for about 25 years and neither have I. But the good news is some of those things and some of those shows actually can get people looking uh, for evidence of the afterlife and get them on their spiritual journey. For instance, there was a show that came out about electronic voice phenomena, a movie called White Noise, and it was a horror film. I remember that. Oh my gosh. And I actually met the people that trained the studios about the authenticity of EVPs and how to do the recordings. They had no idea that they were going to turn it into a horror movie because they said all that's come through is messages of love and humor. So the Good. The good news that happened, though, is millions of people saw the movie. Millions of people started researching electronic voice phenomena. And lo and behold, many, many, many voices were captured. So I think grief can get us on our spiritual journey. But I also think, thanks to Hollywood and some of these other things, um, and and not bad because they can be very entertaining, but they can awaken something inside of us and have us go on this journey. And one more thing I wanted to say about that was, as humans, we're very powerful and we can create really anything we want to. So if we have a trip planned to Hawaii, we're going to see everybody wearing Hawaii Hawaiian shirts. Our brains have a habit of picking out things that are important to us. So whether you think positively or negatively, if you start looking for evidence of good in the world, you're going to find it. If you start looking for evidence of bad, you're going to find that too. That's a good way of putting it, the other end of the spectrum. Absolutely. So let's look for good. Dominic, what are you most passionate about these days? 
for me, um, and I'm, I'm actually just going to take it from where I am right now in life. Um, we are all being touched with this pandemic that we are going through. And normally I am touring the world. My readings are normally in person with my client, doing live shows across the, 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 the world. So for me, I have still been able to connect with people across technology. And for me, being able to actually give a private reading and be able to spend that time with someone who is grieving and be able to give them evidence, to be able to have that moment to bring in healing and help them leave my presence with a spring in their step and a smile on their face, but also with their loved ones by their side. So for me, it's the, 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 the private readings I absolutely love to teach. Now, anyone who knows me will know that teaching is my greatest passion because I do believe that there are so much more to this. I believe that there's so much more that we've got to understand. And I love to see people who have their own spark and their own light and their own gift, but looking to understand it or harness it or even make it better. And I come from a very straight talking, very simple um, way of teaching. I will not use fancy terminology or, you know, close this chakra, open this hand and do this. I try to keep it as real as possible. And that's just for my own sake, because I like things simple and I, you know, I'm very black and white. So I try to come from a different perspective. I, I, I you know, I've never once within the, the 15 years I've done me, uh, mediumship, I've never been able to meditate. So I try to say, well, let's look at how we can build the, the power and build the, the, the connection with the spirit rather than need to look at it from an older point of view. And let's just extend our hand. Let's set our intention. So teaching is one of my strongest things. And what I love to do, and I know this sounds wicked and terrible, but I love to see people who are maybe already mediums or who are already had some form of training. And I love to look at what they're doing and say, okay, I love that, but that could be so much better. So let's try it this way. And so that they may be at this level, but I want to help them get to that level. So I like to be able to put in little tweaks and tweak people and help them. So personal mentoring, I love to mentor small groups of, of people across a longer period of time so that I can see their growth and nourish them and be there with them when maybe they're taking two steps backwards. I can kick their butts and make them go four steps forward and whatever. So for me, teaching and doing private readings is something that I'm very, very passionate about. For me, many years um, of always being a, a, a demonstrating mediumship, you know, I've demonstrated, the largest audience that I've demonstrated in a, in a theatre for was nearly 700 people. And standing on that stage, I'm in my element. I just, I just, you know, you get Dominic and then you get the spirits. I love that. And that's that for me is the normal part of my work because before COVID, I would be out doing that maybe three or four nights a week. And then maybe one day a week, I'd be doing private readings. So for me, it's all changed. Things have changed. And I just go with the flow now. So whatever I can do for the spirit world, I will always be passionate. How about that? That's good. I go along for a shortcut, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I do think the online things are good. And I, you know, I never knew how much value they would be. Of course, we've had this radio show, but to be able to do the online courses and demonstrations and the Sunday gathering, thank you so much for being our guest. That was great and love to have you back sometime. 
But it's those kind of things that you're going to connect to people that you may never connect to face to face. Absolutely. And, you know, we're so fortunate because how many people who have maybe joined the, the Sunday gatherings or have maybe came into one of the classes, how many people have been at home isolating alone? So if they've been able to switch on their computer or their iPad and then become into this community where they're able to communicate, maybe receive a message from their, their loved one or to even just be present, it's also helping not just from a spiritual point of view, but from a mental health point of view as well. So it's important, like in mediumship, that we exhaust all areas. And if we're able to do that through the art of technology, then so be it. It might not be 100% the same in person as what it may be for a hands-on teaching perspective, but then we can still educate our students through ex exercises, through lectures. It's, it's, it's just we're so blessed that thankfully this has happened when we do have really good technology. And I think I'm like you and also you who's watching or listening right now. We may not share this part of us with people in our lives. We may not have believed in this in the past. My subtitle is A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Dominic, it was a long, long, long time that I had evidence of the afterlife before I ever told anybody because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. Yeah, I was the exact same. Like even, even when I was still in school, so bear in mind, I'm still in school and three nights a week, I'm going and sitting with the old ladies talking to dead people. So I kept that to myself. And even, you know, sitting at school at the desk, I had teachers get me into trouble for disrupting the class because I'm having the, the, the teacher's deceased loved ones trying to talk to me and just off the cuff, I'm saying, no, go away. And the teacher thinks I'm just disrupting the class. But I didn't want to stand up and say to the teacher, well, actually, it's your deceased twin who's trying to talk to me. Do you know what I'm saying? So I kept it to myself. Even when I first met my partner, Mark, it took me at least two months before I actually told him where I was going on a Monday, on a Tuesday, and on a Thursday night. He just knew I was always busy, but I didn't tell him that I was going to the spook club or the, the, the development circle. And it took him a while to really come round to it. So, you know, I, it's what people's um, perspective as another's. I just, you know, I just do my thing and that's it. Yeah, I found too, once I came out about this, um, and my book came out hmm, maybe eight years ago, there's been only a handful of people that have looked at me crazy. And the rest of them have been like, oh, let me tell you an experience I had, or oh, I believe in this. And so I just think it's part of our humanity, our ego, that we we want to look good for other people. We don't want people to think we're crazy. But someday, and I, I do believe having good mediums is the access way, and people learning themselves how to connect, there'll be a tipping point where this will just be normal conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We are almost there, you know, bringing, you know, look at how spiritualism truly began. Um, it was very backdoored. It was very quiet. Um, people didn't necessarily preach from television and whatever. Then come into the, the 21st century, we had the luxury of television producers bringing television, whether it was um, John Edwards, James Van Pride, Colin Fry. We had then people, mainstream people sitting at home watching and being captivated so it opened up a bigger audience 
That was then. Now people are coming from all over the world to different events, different conferences. You, you know, back here in the UK, you can go to a spiritual church almost every night of the week now. So the doors are opened. The doors are opened. Spirit have got our attention. We just need the mediums to help do the work and to be that voice for the spirit. So if we do come together, we can be a brighter light for the spirit and we can be a louder voice for them. And I feel we're almost there, but things do need to get changed. They certainly do. I know the UK is ahead of us as far as how many spiritualist churches there are. And here in the US, there are some, but just like anything, they, you know, across the board, they're, they're different. Um, some of them, they blast the congregation with messages, but they don't, you don't even know if it really is your loved one, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's one of the reasons we do the Sunday gathering and it's free. You know, we often have several hundred people live in our zoom room yep. and everyone's open, you know, may get a message, who knows, but then we air them on YouTube and on Facebook and we could have several thousand people. So I just trust that our spirit friends are saying, hmm, press this button, listen to this, you know, cause you just don't know whose life you're gonna change. And life is so precious. In fact, could you talk a little bit about what you believe the importance is of living this life? I mean, I know the afterlife is great and we go on, but why this life? and and how can we live fully? For me, you know, that's that's a very deep question, Sandra, for such a young man. Um, but what what I truly believe, and I again, I I guess I'm I'm rather ignorant because I I'm a in the present moment kind of guy. You know, I don't contemplate too much and think too deep into things. You know, because I'd get lost. I would end up on planet Zog. Um, but what I believe is we are all here to do better, to give better, to treat humans better for the next generation. I believe it's all about what we do now is about how we impact those who are going to come after us. You see, how we can educate the kids, how we can show um, the children how to be kinder to one another, no matter what your colour of skin, no matter what your religious belief, no matter what your sexual orientation. So I believe we are here as a a present moment for what we can do for those coming after us. Now, is it to make a better experience of what truly love is? Absolutely. Is it for us to have a better experience of understanding life as a soul having a physical experience? Absolutely. I just believe it's about being able to create a um, a more humble evolution. That's that's the only way I can really describe it. I don't feel it should come down to, you know, what God you follow or what book you you read. I feel it should just be coming down to how well you can be the best human being that you possibly can and how it affects others around you. You know, look at the the droplet um, of the pebble being thrown into the the, the still lake. There's There's a ripple effect. There's an after effect. So I, if I can be kind to the, 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 the homeless person who's in the street, hopefully people will follow that. And maybe two years, three years down the line, he will be back on his feet. He will be living the best version of himself. And then he can return that gift to someone else. You see, so it's about being able to be a more, 
a more, I don't want to say better because what is better, but to, to find a deeper understanding of what it truly is to live, you truly have to live. Yeah, it's nice coming from a young man. You're not that young. <laughs> Just teasing. Everybody's younger than me these days. I wanted to ask you also, our loved ones, when they come through, they show that they're actively involved in our life, but we can't feel them. Are there any tips that you can give to us mere mortals to keep them alive or maybe feel their presence? Well, you know, I always, I've, I've said this to, to all my clients across the, the, the years. It's when the photographs go away and it's when the, 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 the clothes go away, when we stop talking about them, when we stop thinking about them, and stop celebrating about them, then perhaps our loved ones will maybe go more into the spirit to be more active on the spirit side of life. But when we keep the photographs out, when we still maybe have a, 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 a cheers or um, a salute at, at Christmas for that loved one, when we still share the memories to the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren, that's what's going to keep them still here. That's what's going to keep them still a part of us. Many people nowadays will get maybe the ashes made into jewellery, so they'll wear them close to them. They will turn their shirts into teddy bears or pillows. I even, you know, I've seen one time I gave a lady a reading and she turned her son's um, football tops into covers for over the chairs at Christmas, you know. So it means he's still part of Christmas. So it's keeping them alive, keeping their memory alive within life will keep them here with us. Many people will always say, and I'm sure you've been asked this many times through your, your, your chat shows and even emails and whatever, how do I know what signs my loved one is sen sending me? Signs, people, people will look for signs, but if you're not going to send a thought of what type of sign you're looking for, then how will you know what to look for? Do you know what I'm saying? So for me, if I'm feeling a little bit low and I'm missing my father and I'll say, you know, dad, if you could send me a sign today, I would really appreciate if you could let me hear certain songs or if you could draw my attention to certain numbers on the cell phone. I, I almost like give them a little bit of a demand, like, hey, let me know what you're doing instead of, you know, I could be picking up feathers and going, oh, it's another feather, another, oh, there must be another goose dead. Oh, the feathers, maybe that was his sign. Was it his sign? Oh, I'm not sure if it's his sign. So try to, in your mind, send that thought out to the signs that you would like to receive from your loved ones, rather than just looking, because then you'd be like trying to find a needle in a haystack, you know? One of my favourite things to do, Sandra, just uh, before I, I turn back to you, my father was a professional soccer player. He was a professional footballer. And his own father started to create, um, keep like a scrapbook of all the cuttings of newspapers and um, the programs. So for me, again, when I'm missing my dad, I will just look through the old photographs of my father because I know that that thought process of that's my dad, my emotions, the memories of the times we shared together, that's then going to send that invitation out to dad to draw close and I will then feel his presence as well. So for anyone watching, you don't need to be a medium to feel the presence of your loved ones here. So do these little things, get out the photographs, talk to your kids about the, the memories, live their life, rejoice for them, because that's what will keep them very much here and around you. That's beautiful. And you should have patience too, because patience. This, yes, because I think in the afterlife, there is no time. We hear about that, 
So we might want today this sign, but let them do it in their time, right? Well, all in divine timing. One of my greatest sayings is all in divine timing. But hey, we shouldn't expect either. We should just send that invitation. And all that invitation is really saying is my heart and my mind is open. And if you are there, I'm open to receive you. That's all we are doing. And like you said, there's no time. So, you know, please don't be expecting like, hey, mum, could you send me a rose? Thank you. Does it work? Because if you can do that, I want to be your full-time manager, you know? So have patience, have fun with it. And even if you think you're going crazy, just go with the flow. If you're taking it from your heart and you're having compassion through your experience, go with it. And if our loved one comes to us in a nice, pleasant dream or we think we're around, what if we say, oh, that's just my imagination? Well, you know, I always look at what is going on around you. So for me, sometimes I will say to people, take a little journal, write down how what the dream was about, when it took place. Because if we just say, oh, it was just my imagination, but then don't go and look into it, then we're going to miss a bigger picture. Because our loved ones are only a thought away. If it's an anniversary, if it's your birthday, where you may be going through trouble at work, was your health not great at that point? So when you look back, you go, Oh, that was around dad's birthday. That's why dad kept coming around into my dreams. But try to try to look at the detail in that dream as well. What is he trying to show you? Because he might not be able to communicate with you vocally, but is he showing you that he's now healthy? Is he showing you he's went to spirit, he now has hair? Is he maybe just trying to show you a better memory of who he was rather than what he was before he crossed over? So there's so much detail that we, as human beings, sometimes we're a little bit ignorant to understand. And that's okay. That's why it's called a journey. We're here to learn. We're here to discover with the help of the Spirit. So dreams, I absolutely love. I don't always remember my dreams because sometimes they're crazy. Um, But yeah, dreams are, are fascinating as well. Very nice. And it is about the journey. And each one of us is unique, special. Don't try to recreate yourself as somebody else. You're going to shine when you be yourself. And I think, Dominic, each one of us has mastery on being ourselves. And people love us just the way we are and just the way we aren't. So don't be afraid to let your your light shine. Dominic, what haven't I asked you that I should? Or is there some... I really don't know. Words of wisdom that this might be the only time you get to talk to people that there's something else you want to share about living life, about today? I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't know if there's anything else that maybe you'd like to ask me, but that's up to you. But um, for me, you know, don't try to be anyone else. You can only be you. You can't be anyone else. Don't try to be, especially if you're developing mediumship, don't try to be any other medium. Be the medium that the spirit can be with you. Because remember, it's not really you. It's the spirit. So if you try to be the other medium or someone else or like someone else, then you're going to block out the beauty that the spirit truly seen in you in the first place. So just be you. Live life. That's the most important gift that we have been given of being here in this moment is to be able to live it. It's not going to be a a walk in the park. Life certainly is going to be a roller coaster, but it's about how we grow from it and what we're going to learn. Remember, we as mediums are here trying to bridge 
their world and our world together. And when we can do that, we can heal hearts and reunite families. And if you're watching this now, you may be aware of someone sitting at home who has sadly lost or who is grieving. What's a little share of an email across to your friend with maybe this link or with the, the We Don't Die radio uh, page for her to tune in or for your friend to watch? Because that then may spark her or him to then seek what is life after death? What is a medium? Where is my husband? And she or he, whoever that may be, then may be given the gift of a conversation from their loved one who they are grieving. So there's always a knock-on effect. We are not crazy. We are not insane. We are just as normal as you and I, but we just like to, in some way, communicate with the unseen world because we know the effects it has on others because we once felt that grief and we then had that healing as well. So... For me, live the best version of life you can and be present and be in this moment and just have fun along the way. Oh, and for me too, is having faith that we don't know the road ahead, but there's been something that's happened to me and to you. And I know to everyone right now that different things in our life have caused us to be where we are. And sometimes it's hardships and crises and not so good times. And so while we are recording this, uh, November 2020, you may be watching this 2026, who knows? But looking back on your life, the hardships and the what we're feeling right now really can lead to some growth for your soul, something good, somewhere where you make a difference. You know, Dominic, I couldn't talk to somebody who was grieving until I felt grief myself. Because you didn't truly know what it was. I was the same. You know, if you've never truly experienced death, how can you truly say to someone, I understand? We can try to understand. We can try to be compassionate. But Sandra, there's only so much that we are equipped with without that experience that we can see. But until you have touched death and until death has touched you, then we cannot really understand. And like you said, for me, and trust me, when it comes to funerals, I don't care whether it's a neighbour down the road or whether it's a grandparent, I will cry. I will try to avoid going to funerals because I just, I'm just, I just get so emotional. So for me, you would think, oh, it should be perfectly fine for Dominic to go and to grieve and whatever. No, because I am still human. I was a human being. I was a normal Dominic before I was the medium. So that's still there with me, believe it or not. So you're absolutely right. It is a difficult conversation to have. Yeah, and I know I've talked to many mediums. It doesn't matter how much we believe in the afterlife. Our we once The more you love, the more it hurts. And that's part of being human. But when we do believe in the afterlife and we can listen to these conversations and read good books and talk to people, it really helps. So going forward, everybody, keep your eye on making a difference. What, what you've experienced will make a difference for another people, for another person. So even if it's giving somebody a compliment that they've got a nice smile or that's a nice top you have on or Whatever that is, when you can make that connection with someone, don't discount how important you are, your experiences, your words, really, truly. Dominic, thank you, new friend, for being our guest today. 
It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for spending the time with me and giving up your, your afternoon to share it with me. And uh, for me, it's been a pleasure. So sincerely, thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. And for our listener or viewer, you can find out more about Dominic, book a reading, see him on live or online, take a course. You can go to dominicbogue.com and Bogue is spelled B-O-A-G. So, I think these episodes really do make a difference for for all of us. And all past episodes of this show are available at wedontdieradio.com. And again, I invite you to check out the new show because it's how I feel the best of the best of the 25 years. And of course, on that show, I'll bring people over to this show and we'll do everything we can to get the the good word out because this is so important. You deserve to have a great life. You deserve to know your loved ones are okay and they'll be right there to see you again. Dominic, I forgot to ask you, what about our pets in the afterlife? Maybe if you can answer that, then we'll sum up the show. Pets, you know, well, people think I'm crazy when I say this, but our pets, they're just the same. They are here having a soul having an experience when they cross over, their soul becomes a spirit. They are part of the family. They were bounded by soul groups that keep us together. So when they cross over, they go with our loved ones until we are there. And when you cross over, you are reunited with your loved ones as well. I just recently, yesterday, done a, a reading with a young girl and I was giving her information about her grandmother and they were close and everything else. And she was fine with that. But then when I mentioned her cat that just had to get put down, the tears came, the information came. Her grandmother told me the cat's name, what happened to it. So again, I was like, well, your grandmother's just wanting to give you also validation that in the meantime, she's looking after your cat. So your, your, your animals, whether it's the tortoise, the dog, the cat, the gerbil, the horse, if you've had love with it and you've had an emotional bond with it, you betcha it's still around you. Oh, there's a great picture that was painted called, I think it's called Hello and Goodbye by Charles Santosa. And it shows, um, it's a drawing of a hospital bed and you see granny who's checked out of life and you see the family all weeping by the bedside. But then you see the image of granny there with grandfather and, you know, the reunion, he's got flowers for her greeting her and even the dog and the cat are there. I I love that. It is. It's just wonderful. Oh, this has been so great. It is reality. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. But before we get there, we live life. If you're new to this show, I invite you to join what I call the Insiders Club. It's just my snazzy way of saying um, my email address or my email list. Um, we don't die radio.com. There'll be a pop up that comes up and it'll just ask for your name and your email address. And when you do, it says you get a f- first few chapters of my book, We Don't Die. But the secret is it's the whole book. I really don't want money or price tag to stand before between you and having some really good information. So it's the whole book that you'll find. Chapter 10 is how to survive grief, which is important as well. Also, if you'd rather hear an audio book on that same website, we don't die radio.com. There's a store. You can check out calendar or store. If you scroll down the audio books there, just type in coupon code free F R E E. And you can listen to that for free. 
And I also invite you to check out our calendar page and our Sunday service page. And it's just, it's important to keep yourself inspired to know that you're not alone. Our minds often want to go down this deep, dark tunnel and want us to stay away from people. And that's not a good thing. So even if you don't want to talk, you can participate in a Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, you can type in We Don't Die Listeners. There's a group of over 5,000 of us that talk about this subject. And Dominic just joined. He's one of our newest members. Very cool. Anyways, it's all guaranteed to inspire you and connect you and just remind you that you're not alone. In closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I have been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So thank you for listening or for viewing, and we'll see you soon.